Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike. We're excited to be with you today. I want to jump into a really big question that is really important and spans all of life. And the question is this, what does it mean to love Jesus more than anything? What does it mean to love Jesus more than anything? So we just want to try to, I think, wade in a little bit and scratch the surface on this Um yeah, Mike, I don't even know where this conversation is going to go, honestly. But let me throw it to you really quick um, with the kind of opening question, and then we can just go in some different directions. One thing we were talking about before going on air was people, you know, are confronted with this question and think, okay, feeling or choice? Is love a feeling or a choice? That might give us a little bit of an entry point. Do you want to address that? And then we can just kind of see where the conversation goes. Sure. Yeah. I often say to people, you know, you need to love Jesus the most, right? And I've said this really often, love Jesus and do as you please, because when you love Jesus the most, what you do will please him. And I think I have this, this fear. Okay. I'm not sure if it's warranted or not, but I think it's, I do think it's a thing. I have a fear that people walk away going, so what does it mean to love Jesus the most? Yeah. Mike just told me love Jesus the most and love Jesus and do as you please as I'm trying to make a decision. But How do I love Jesus the most? What does it mean for me to love Jesus more than anything? And is it feeling based or is it choice based? And based is the key word there because it what's what's driving the bus what's foundational is it is it my feelings or my choices should i feel something that makes me think i love jesus more and you know and where is my obedience aside from my love for christ uh, more specifically is my obedience a sign of choosing love for christ and i would submit yes okay though your feelings will follow after so when we ask the question is it feeling based or is it choice based the Bible tends to think it's the latter, not the former, and th- that your feelings are always involved, but it's not, oh, I feel like I'm loving Jesus more, therefore. And let me give you the scriptural proof of that. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying is, it's, what does it mean to love Jesus the most? It means to love him so much that you obey him. Okay. You choose to obey him and that your obedience shows your love for Christ and it's a sign of choosing love for Christ, mm-hmm. okay? And love is a choice. It's not an emotion, okay? Biblically speaking, God chose to set his love upon us uh, in a saving way, and we love because he first loved us, okay? So John fourteen fifteen, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's simple. Then he said in the next verse, verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And and that's the the answer. If you love Jesus, you'll keep his commandments. How are you able to keep his commandments? You you have your mind renewed, uh, right? You're you're transformed by the renewing of your mind by the spirit through the word of God. The spirit of God, another helper. As, as he is called, another helper, or the advocate, the counselor. So that we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is illumining the Word to our hearts. We're in the Word, and we're doing what the Word says, and it's showing our love for Christ. It generates love for Christ. Doing what the Word says doesn't generate self-righteousness. It doesn't generate pride. What generates pride and self-righteousness is pride and self-righteousness. 
it, it's like the Rocky and Bullwinkle, you know, rolling down uh, the, the snowball rolling down and getting bigger and bigger. Uh, pride begets pride. Self-righteousness begets self-righteousness. But if you love the Lord and you do what he says, that will beget humility and uh, showing love through obedience. And so that's that's the heart of it. I think we have more to say, but let me throw it back to you. But that's that's the heart of, of the answer to it. Yeah. I, um, I think there's some different directions that we could spin out uh, based on that. One thought I'm having, I, and I like that you went to John 14, um, and I think 15 too. I can't remember exactly which verses you referenced, but my mind was going there too. Um, I feel like that's one of the key places in all of Scripture to really get to the heart of how life transformation happens. And I think that all of Scripture would say life transformation is fundamentally, it's about loving Jesus more than anything. And as you increasingly do that, that is what results in a life transforming, you know, kind of affection for Christ. Uh, I'm wandering a little bit here, but some key passages in, in my mind in this respect would be second Corinthians three, uh, and then Romans 12. And especially in second Corinthians three, you have this idea that as you behold the glory of Christ, we all now with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. So I, I see Jesus. And, and when you talk about what does it mean to love him, I see him as, as supremely satisfying. I treasure him. I cherish him. He's more valuable to me than anything else. And as that's happening, the, the spirit's transforming me from one degree of glory to the next. And I'm becoming more like Christ in all of life. And that's spinning out into every aspect of life. The most mundane things I'm doing, the most exciting things I'm doing. I was trying to think, I wrote, as we were talking, uh, what does it mean to love Jesus more than anything? Jesus is your supreme treasure and your affection for him is the animating center of your entire life. And I don't know, there's probably some different ways we could go from there, but mm -hmm. do you agree with that, Mike? Cause I feel like I, I almost, I don't want to push against what yeah. you said. I agree that a lot of times we obey right, and we trust that God's going to provide the the emotion, you know, it's like, I, we've all had these situations. Yes. I really don't want to make this phone call right now. Yes. I really don't want to talk to so-and-so right now. I really don't want to, you know, have the energy to expend to love my family right now, but you do it and you trust that in your obedience, the Lord, you know, is for that. And he's going to bless you. And oftentimes emotion does follow even when we've done something hard. Right. But I do think there's another sense in which over overall the bible speaking about our obedience says that it flows out of and and this is i think you'll be totally in alignment flows out of this love that is in the right. heart for christ right do you want to speak to that at all yeah it flows out jesus said the, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart and when you say i love jesus because you you feel or you think or you believe that but the problem comes in when we are driven by our emotions if if by the way if my if this gets driven by my my emotion everything else in my life will too it's got to be driven by fact. So the Christian is 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 founded on the word. So, right. for example, um, people will say I'm teaching on on the, the role of the Holy Spirit and the, the the role of feelings and emotions. And one of the ideas about that is, well, okay. Someone will say, well, I uh, I I feel that the Lord wants me to do this. The problem with that is the Bible tells us not to trust our feelings. The Bible tells us that we uh, that, that that the heart is desperately wicked and, and it's it's you know it's going the wrong way. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds by the Spirit through the Word of God. Now, as our our minds are being transformed and hearts are being 
molded by the word of God. What flows out are emotions and affections. When John Jonathan Edwards was speaking of the affections, think about it. if you if you're familiar with you are familiar with Jonathan Edwards, but if our listeners aren't, he was dialed in, hyper dialed in to self examination. Okay, asking the hard questions of his own heart, and not just letting it run willy nilly. So that's my only. Um, that's the fence I want to build around it. Okay. Yeah. In the sense this, like if we say Jesus, like I want to say Jesus is my primary affection. My love for him is the animating center of my life. When I say that, that means there's a difference between me and the person who's saying, you know, I'm going to sin because I don't want to please God and I don't care about the consequences. Well, I'm going to, no, I'm going to choose not to sin because I love Jesus more than my sin. Right now. In that moment, when I'm in temptation and I want to do that sin, I am not feeling this, uh, like, like I'm enamored with Jesus. I am being pulled with every ounce of my being towards something that is not good for me. And I'm fighting against Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so when I say I love Jesus more than my sin, it's not a feeling. It's an absolute heart wrenching choice that goes against your feelings. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. No, the, I, I'm yeah. totally in agreement with you. Yep. So there's one other thing. I was talking to a buddy, a brother in Christ, and he said yesterday his heart was breaking for, the, for people he knew that used to profess faith in Christ, and now they're completely against him. And I told him, I said, and we were looking at Hebrews 6, and I said, the wayward hate Jesus. There is no love for Christ. That's why they're repudiating him. That's why they don't want him. That's why they don't care. And that sounds strong, but it's true. But the one that is going in God's way loves Jesus. Now, could someone do it for the wrong reasons? Yes. People do it for money. People do it for, for sex. People do it for, for, you know, riches, right? And they do it for, for possessions. People do uh, sometimes pretend like they love Jesus to get things from people. But, but the one who truly loves him, Jesus says, you're going you're gonna to obey my commands. Yeah. And it's not a burdensome. It's not burdensome. Totally. It's like, wow. I'm set free to serve Jesus. Right. Yeah. So that's, no, you were about to say something else. I was, I was going to just jump on what you were saying right there. I think it's great to highlight, which is what you're doing. The fact that it's not as though you like, like I want, I want to say every real Christian loves Jesus. Most of all, that doesn't mean we always act out of that perfectly, but there's no such thing as somebody who's really a Christian, who's really experienced the regenerating work of the Holy spirit, who actually is living in the new creation, who is a new creation and Jesus isn't their supreme treasure. We can, I think mute and maybe subdue the work that the spirit wants to do in our lives when we, even with remaining sin, set our love on other things. But, but every Christian comes from the same place of uh, they've, they've seen their sinfulness. They've seen Christ as the only remedy and they love him. Right. They love him. Every, every believer can at some level relate to this reality. I love Jesus. I, I blow it all the time. I'm always falling on my face, but I get back up and I look to Christ again and my heart's filled with love for him because of what the spirit's doing. There's no such thing as a Christian who can say, you know, Jesus isn't really my yeah. my true, my true treasure. So yeah. maybe, you know, that's even an encouragement, you know, that, um, pastors aren't always telling people all the time to, Oh, go and love Jesus. And it's, they're trying to, you know, pull people to do something they don't want to do. No, you're trying to help people direct their hearts towards that, which they already are, which is somebody who's been renewed 
uh, by the spirit and who does love Jesus. Yeah. That's true of every believer. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing. Cause you, this, everyone's going to think like we're in a tug of war today. Cause we're going to count point counterpoint each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like we no, all, we both we're, we're smiling. We both agree with each other a lot, but there's things we have to say to go, but it doesn't mean this. Right. Okay. Yeah. For, so, for example, like help me on a regular, on a, on a normal day. Okay. Everyone's wired a bit differently. And I am not the type of person that goes around with ethereal, uh, High, for example, uh, these high thoughts of, oh, I just love Jesus so much. I'm just going about my day and I'm having a conversation with the Lord in my heart and it's real. Okay. And it's, it's loving and it's, but it's the, you know, the people that are high, high and low, low, they're like the manic depressive type people where they're on cloud nine or on the depths of despair. That's not what we're called to be as like, we're always supposed to be on cloud nine. It's this idea that uh, every true Christian loves Jesus most of all, but that love can sometimes be obscured by our own sin and by our own pride and by our saying yes to things that don't please Jesus. And that's where I go, I won't love Jesus more than my sin unless I choose Jesus over my sin. Right. There's no other way around it. Or putting another way, your love for Jesus won't show unless you make a conscious decision to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. Yep. And one of the things, you know, when Jesus said, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And then you're going to have the Holy Spirit as your advocate and as your helper. In John 15, 10, he said, if you keep my commands, you will, you will abide in my love. And there's, he like brings it into a different, a different arena there and says, look, abiding in my love that you're, you're, you're on the river of my love. You know, you're abiding in my love just as I kept my father's commands and abide in his love. And he says in verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full and full joy is not you bouncing off the walls. It's a, it's a deep, it's peace and joy and love. Uh, you're settled in your heart. You know that you've been saved. you you rejoice over it. And then you free to serve Christ. Amen. Sorry. I was trying to hunt down a verse. Um, oh, where is it? It's in John 14 as well. But basically mm. the idea, it, it's the verse where he talks about manifesting himself to the disciples. You can yeah. maybe help me. Where is that? 21. 21. Thank you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And then I think this is so neat. And I will love him and manifest mm -hmm. myself to him. Yes. Which I think is just this idea. If I'm a believer and I'm saying, I want to see more of Jesus's glory. Well, one way that I can help myself down that road is by saying, I want to obey Jesus's word. Yeah. And as I choose to obey, I'm putting myself in a position where I'm going to abide in his love and he's going to manifest himself to me. So that's, I'm so in line with what you're saying at the very beginning. We obey with this expectation that the Lord in our obedience is going to give more and more of himself to us. Yeah. Um, Another place to go, but you have something That's, you want to yeah, jump I, in on. I just want to say what you were just saying is so right on. And, and what does Jesus say next? And remember what John 13 through 17, what, what the setting was, the upper room discourse. And he's about to go to the cross. So when Jesus said what you just read, whoever has my commands and keeps them, he is who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father. I will love him and manifest myself to him. Who asks the question? Okay. Not Judas Iscariot, but the other Judas. And he says this. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So the, the guy who wasn't, this, this is the Judas that didn't, did not, uh, you know, betray Jesus, right? What did he say? Jesus said, if anyone, he says it again, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him, our abode. We're going to dwell in, 
in you. It's like, wow. And then he says in verse 24, and I'm, I'm wondering, like, did he glance over at, at the Judas that did betray him? Mm-hmm. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. You know, and then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to bring, teach you all things and bring you remembrance. What I've said to you, peace, I leave with you. Not as the world gives. Let your hearts not be troubled, but let them be afraid and it goes on and on. It's just beautiful. So anyway, I just think that there's there's so much richness here. But you were going to ask me another question, I think. I do have one more question for you, yeah. but I just want to even, I think, just again, emphasize what what you're saying. And really all of John 14 and 15 is doing this. I think we have to just say explicitly on this podcast, loving Jesus is so closely connected to his word. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. You know, that's true all throughout scripture. But even in John 15, he's talking about abiding in him. And he says, whoever abides in me uh, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. That's John 15, 5. And then in verse 7, parallel idea, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. So I think all throughout John 14, 15 into 16, there's this connection between loving Jesus and loving his word. Yes. So I think I just want to say, you know, to encourage every, to encourage everybody, uh, as we are delighting ourselves in God's word and, and, and cherishing that and the spirit is opening our eyes to see the glory there and we're obeying that, mm-hmm. that is a, that is the way that we are walking down that road of love. And anybody who's out there saying, I love Jesus so much, yes, but they don't care about his word. Uh, you know, I think that there's some question marks there. And I would maybe as a final thought there, just say, if somebody's saying, I wish I had a deeper love for Jesus. I, I long for that affection, that closeness, that relationship. Mm-hmm. And they're neglecting their Bible. Yeah. I think we could just say, you know, what were you expecting would happen? Jesus has linked love with his word in such yeah. a, a profound way. Yes. And again, and we go back to that, is it feeling based or choice based, you know, Yes, <laughs> don't make right. them compete. Yeah. But both are intertwined, but don't think of it as the kind of feelings that you see out in the world. You know, this is a this is the kind that God generates and it, and it's going to hit you in your heart and it you cannot hide your love for Christ. If someone loves Jesus, you know they love Jesus. And it comes out in their words and their countenance and all sorts of things. And so yeah. Um, I think one last thing I would want to say and then, and then I'll pass it back to you is this, I think what Jesus um, is saying here is what led Paul to say what he said about how he pressed on. And I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, where he says, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Here's a man that you could not doubt his love for Christ, the epitome of love for Christ, um, he, he says, you know, uh, we're to love Christ. We, we love Christ with a, a love that's, that's unquenchable, you know, and it's like, it's real, but he's basically saying, look, everyone who's running in this race is the Christian life is as a race. You, if you want to run, you have to run to get the prize and you have to have to exercise self-control and we do it for an imperishable wreath and I'm not doing it aimlessly and, and I'm, I'm disciplining my body and keep it under control. And, and he, he launches in then to chapter 10, which warns against idolatry. And it's like, okay, flee from idolatry because you're participating in the blood of Christ, you know, and, and, and the body of Christ, mm-hmm. like joyful seriousness of life. You know, that's yeah. like, just like anchor your life in a joyful seriousness, love Jesus more than anything, and then do as you please. Totally. Yeah. yeah. 
super good. Final passage on my mind, and this is just because I've been thinking about it recently. I did some teaching out of Deuteronomy 6 recently. But it's the same idea there. Oftentimes Jesus is bringing something new. But I think in this case, as he's talking about love and obedience, it's uh, in Deuteronomy 6, you know, love the Lord your God. Well, it starts with the character of and the person of God, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And these words that I command you today shall yes. be on your heart. So yes. again, just is I think closely connected with the word. And then final, final, uh, I just want to kind of put a little place marker for, I think something that we could pick up on a future podcast. But one question that I have in, in terms of this topic, you know, how do I love Jesus more than anything is how conscious does my appreciation for Christ have to be for me to be glorifying him in any given moment? And I just mean, I think a lot of believers have this question of like, well, when I'm in the middle of a good meal, do I need to pause from the cake that I'm eating and be, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for this cake. And then I'm, you know, <laughs> loving Jesus more than anything. Or is there a way that I can glorify him in even the less conscious way yeah. throughout my life? So I don't think that's a topic for today, but I feel like it might have yeah. some touch points with this. Absolutely. So absolutely love Jesus the most. Love Jesus above all. There it is. Anything yes. else from you before we close? No, just uh, remember that it's not always what you think it needs to look like. Uh, trust the Lord and and walk with Him. And as as you're as you're in the Word, as you're as you're expressing your love for Christ, I think it's good to say, "I love you, Jesus." I think it's good to express our love for Christ even in our own words and let others know that we love Jesus. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. yeah, great way to close, listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. We love you and we're thankful for you. Uh, have a great week. We will talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast.